0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is now episode five of the A to Z of Tech podcast. Today, we are looking at E for ethics. And for previous listeners, you may notice that there's a slight change, and my co-host is now Hugo.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Hugo Warner. I'm a member of PwC's disruption team, and I have come here to fill Felicity Main's very big shoes.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And today, we are joined by Ollie Buckley, who is the Executive Director of the newly established Centre for Data Ethics and Innovation, and also Maria Accente, who is the Artificial Intelligence Programme Driver here at PwC. She's part of the team which is building responsible AI globally and advising clients on its ethical use. One thing that has emerged over the past few podcasts that we've been recording is that Technology and the technology space attracts people from actually a fairly diverse set of backgrounds and um, and career paths. So I'd be really interested to hear about how
2: you've both um, come to be where you are. Um, Maria? That's a very good question and interesting one. Um, so I come from Romania and my mom is a math teacher and she also teaches physics. And I've been surrounded by science throughout my life. And at some point um, in my early childhood, I started watching Star Trek and Star Wars. And I became fascinated not so much with technology itself, but how humans interact with technology. I u- ultimately ended up studying business. <laughs> uh, and I had the career focus a lot on business, but technology kept on coming as a theme. And when I joined PwC, uh, I joined the digital practice, and I've spent some time doing digital transformation. Again, helping clients make sense of technology. And when we set up the AI Center for Excellence, um, I joined the center, and I'm really keen to help um, children and young adults and young girls. And Ali, what's your journey been to the CDEI?
3: That's a good question. So I, I guess was a or have been a lifelong lover of gadgets and technology so um, I've always been I've always been interested in tech but I pursued like from from an academic point of view I did philosophy and politics at university I then went and worked as a management consultant for a bit and then Moved from there into uh, into government, and I kind of pursued a bit of a circuitous path through different parts of government policy before ending up in the uh, the government digital service. And I think what was particularly eye-opening about that experience was that um, I got to see firsthand how technology was having really profound effects on the way that government was delivering for people.
0: So in the context of this podcast, which is obviously tech focused, Ollie why is it important that we're talking about ethics?
3: Because we're talking about enormously powerful transformative technologies that have the potential to deliver huge amounts of benefit to society. But, because they're powerful, also need to be handled responsibly. And so it's really important that as we go about designing and deploying these things, we're constantly asking ourselves, are these acting in ways that are consistent with our values, helping us to create the kind of society that we want to see?
2: And Maria, you'd agree with that? Definitely. Uh, to build on what Oli said about values, ethics is ultimately about the values we operate by, the values that are important to us. And ethics is how we define principles that will allow us to determine if a course of action is good or bad. Um, in the context of, of a new technology that it's set to, to shake humanity to its core, we will develop system that will operate in an independent uh, manner, uh, autonomous from, from us, alongside us, will work and live alongside um, intelligent machine. And in this context, uh, when we delegate some of our daily tasks uh, or interact with them, we there is an expectation for those machine to behave uh, according to the values. And um, in the context of, of values being very personal, very subjective. Um, The big question comes is, which values need to be incorporated in the system? Who makes that decision? Is it myself or is it um, the builder or the developer of those products? So it's important to have not just a public debate on it, but also um, a, a way to inform the actions at various level in society, government, businesses alike, who have a huge responsibility because ultimately they, businesses and industry as a whole, develop a lot of those um, AI-powered solutions.
1: Fantastic. And so we have the CDAI, uh, a new part of government. Um, Are you able to talk us through uh, the center and where it came from?
3: Yes, certainly. So at the highest level, the center exists to advise the government here on how we maximize the benefits of AI. And we do that by connecting disparate communities, though talking to businesses, to civil society, to leading academics, and also really importantly, to the general public, to understand what are the rules of the game that we should be following here, and how do we ensure ultimately that we are giving those that want to innovate and can create these amazing potential tools and services, the confidence to do that, but also ensure that the public can trust what's happening and be clear that there are people looking out for their interests uh, and making sure that the risks are being properly managed.
0: And knowing that they can trust the services and tools that ultimately they're the end users of.
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, And Maria, from your perspective, working with clients globally, what are some of the issues and challenges that you're helping them
2: tackle? First of all, um, let's um, step back from ethics and uh, look at um, AI in general, I think. Um, not just in UK, but globally, there, there, there is a need for proper education and demystifying of what AI is. Um, the AI, it is a powerful technology, but in the same, same time, um, not everyone needs to know what deep learning is or machine learning is. What we need to be knowing is how this tool operates and if there is any way to check if what's important, the values are embedded, and how they are embedded. So um, clients have started to understand that those values need to be embedded in the autonomous system. Um, But when we started looking at the challenge of the job, we realize that's much more complex than looking at data and algorithms. We are talking now about some fundamental questions we ask in terms of fairness and bias. And I think the the media was was flooded, which is a good thing with examples, various examples have various tools from voice assistants um, um, to um, um, to robots are uh, gender bias. And trigger the attention that they, in fact, When we build those tools, we use historic data and the data is being biased because we are biased. And no matter how many checks you put in place, ultimately, potentially those tools will go wrong because they seem to mirror our biases, our behavior. So this is, this is where our clients are. They realize the task, they realize the, the importance, but also the complexity and the fact that they will have to look at how do we disrupt ourselves. And going back to all the questions we've been asking in PwC is like, how do we help clients transform, disrupt in a, in a way that it's sustainable for their business, but now even more, how, what's the role they need to play in society?
3: And there's something interesting in that I think about how on the one hand we rightly appreciate the power and the potential of these tools, but on the other we need to be really conscious of their limitations. And so um, they're amazing, but also they're only sort of partial uh, replications of, uh, of, of human intelligence. and. There's a real danger that in being kind of awed by this incredible technology, you fail to understand the things that you need to look out for. I think our underlying philosophy at at the center, however, is that these are fundamentally technologies that will benefit society. Um, but they will benefit society by us being uh, aware of their, of their limitations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the one hand, we know that there are risks, uh, for example, as Maria was saying, about the, uh, the potential to perpetuate societal biases. But then they also offer opportunities to address those things. Because we all know, and this is where the original problem uh, comes from, human beings are very imperfect decision makers. And uh, we can actually look to these technologies to help with some of the, um, with some of the imperfections in our, in our own <laughs> approaches to these, uh, to these challenges.
0: So how do we actually go about codifying or setting up frameworks for something that in many cases might be an unconscious bias that we're not even aware that we carry ourselves.
3: Well, so so one thing I would say is that we're not starting with a blank piece of paper here. There is an existing legal framework that surrounds this uh, that surrounds this stuff. You know, we 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 have already as a society decided that there are certain types of protected characteristics that should not be taken into account when you're making important decisions about people's lives, including whether or not to, uh, to give them a job. So, you know, step one is make sure that you are uh, not incorporating those sorts of biases in the systems that you are developing. I think where it gets more challenging in the context of more complex AI systems is the risk that you um, might be incorporating those biases without realizing that you are. So, um, for example, uh, you may not be incorporating gender explicitly in the way that you're uh, processing the CVs, but the system, can use and identify uh, proxies that will kind of mean that although you're not explicitly saying this candidate is male, this candidate is female, it's learned enough from the details of the CV to give a pretty good indication of which one you are. Now, um, you know that's where we need to be thinking about more sophisticated uh, approaches to address these things.
2: And I think in looking for a solution, there are two layers. One is technolo- te- technological one, and uh, we've been working on 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 a set of tools to address bias and data and algorithms. Uh, but there's another one that looks at more of a process level, cultural level. As Oli said, um, sometimes this bias is unconscious most of the time, and this is how we operate as human. How do we make sure then in the early stages of design and also when we go into the developing those tools, we have enough diversity, has been scientifically proved that diversity um, helps us being aware who we are and make us aware of our inherited biases. Uh, so once we are doing quite a, a, an excellent job and uh, looking for bias at technology level, um, the, the more complex part uh, coming comings place when we assemble the teams and it's not just about um uh, bringing different experts from organizations. The biggest problem the AI community has at the moment is the lack of skills, the lack of uh, female researchers in AI. Um, a, a study published by UNESCO, uh, just as yesterday, suggested that only 12% of the AI researchers are, are, are women. In this context, the fact that for an AI researchers to come to um, to bloom, uh, you'd need a, a, a long preparation. So, we need to start addressing these issues in early stages of education. How do we start empowering more young girls and, and um, uh, women to join technology careers?
1: Which has interesting results. Also, UNESCO, I think, just talked to some of the unforeseen consequences of uh, home assistance saying essentially that they're programmed to give. Um, uh, flirtatious responses in response to demeaning uh, demeaning questions are being that are being asked by users so it 's an interesting example not just the biases being baked into the algorithm but that actually reinforcing those in the real world. I wonder is that something that's explicitly on the cdi's agenda
3: so bias certainly is I mean I can tell you a bit about what 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 we 're up to over the next twelve months in in particular so essentially we've got two sets of uh, activity that we're organising ourselves around. So the first is a function that we're calling Analyze and Anticipate, and the objective there is to take a look across the landscape and say, where do we see the biggest emerging areas of opportunity, but also risk, and to advise on where therefore we think that we should be paying more attention. So um, so that's looking across sectors. The other set of activity that we're doing are two longer term, more substantial reviews. So these we're going to be conducting uh, over the next 12 months. The The first of those is looking at online targeting and trying to get a sense both from the public point of view, how they feel about the way that their data is used to personalize their experience online and where they feel Uh, That's comfortable and legitimate and and where they have concerns. And that will give us some sense of where potentially uh, rules may need to change. The other area is looking explicitly at the potential for bias in algorithmic decision making. And there we're taking a sector based approach. So we're looking at financial services. We're looking at the crime and and justice area where we're seeing more tools being developed to help police forces think about where they should be deploying their resources. We see in the US examples of systems being used to inform judges about the best kind of uh, decision to make about an individual in, in, in front of them. And then uh, later on we're looking at, at, at HR and also at, at social services. So these are, these are all areas where the use of these systems and the potential for bias could have big impacts. The reason why we're looking at it in a sector by sector approach is because context is incredibly important here. So you may care about Different things in different uh, in different environments. Um, in terms of the kind of uh, specifics on the the nature of uh, voice assistants and other things, so we are actually uh, just about to start some work looking at smart speakers in particular, and we'll be producing a, a a short report on that.
2: If we allow only the tech to do this job, we might have just one actor that will will represent different interests. We need to balance that with the society view of what ethics means.
1: And on that point, it's interesting, it's, it's the UK, so if, let's let's assume the UK is the, is the lead in that, but of course most of the, the development of new technology is happening outside of the UK. You think of dominance of Silicon Valley, you think of China as well, exponential speed of, of technological development there. Um, so how how can we act as a, a counterpoint or, or, or a sense an adult voice in the room for the, for the debate on how those those technologies are advancing?
3: Yeah, well, so I mean, I think part of our claim to that is that actually the UK punches way above its weight in the development of AI and data-driven tech in particular. We're second in the world in terms of producing high-quality research. So we so we have a credibility that comes with the fact that we have got some of the uh, absolutely world-leading experts in the tech here. But the other thing that the UK has got a very long established reputation in globally is in the setting of standards and in the development of pragmatic, proportionate regulation of new technologies, of uh, financial mm-hmm. services. You know, we're a global centre for professional services. Uh, for law, we've got fabulous research universities with strengths not just in the tech, but also in. The social sciences which is a really important part of this story the legal expertise uh, you know uh, philosophy we've got like we know we're now in a world where suddenly doing a philosophy phd potentially like gets you a high paid a high paid <laughs> exactly. job you don't need to like just wait on tables any uh, anymore <laughs> so um you know we we are uniquely i mm-hmm. think Placed to uh, to be a uh, to be a leader in this uh, in this field, and I
2: think to add the third uh, main advantage is the engagement with with businesses and the fact that from the beginning of um, um, when we set up the A community, if you want in UK, uh, we are part of all those conversations. So industry is very active to engage with the government, uh, with the parliament, and with um, think tanks and academia. To come together to understand how this um, AI needs to be regulated.
1: I think we agreed that AI solutions shouldn't cause harm to humanity and should help us work towards the common good. But how can we make sure that AI considers its impact on children, young people, especially on issues like well-being, education, mm-hmm. and learning?
2: That's an excellent question. And keep in mind that when we develop AI solution, uh, they they will be ethical, legal, and profitable, and safe in their usage. But doesn't Yet, mean that they will contribute to human well-being and um, the wellness. Uh, when we develop autonomous system that will live uh, alongside us and interact with us on on multiple um, dimension of our existence, it will change the way we interact with each other and with um, those those systems, and therefore. Um, there is a a potential to uh, impact either positively or negatively um, um, our mental states, our physical states and so on. Um, A lot of research has been carried to understand uh, what is the impact of those autonomous systems um, on development, especially young children and uh, uh, young adults, but further research is being needed. the work, th- there is an important piece of work uh, uh, carried by an institute of research that assemble um, AI researchers from around the world uh, to develop a set of well-being indicators to be embedded in the development of autonomous systems. That's one of, one of the important initiatives. Another one, um, it's a pop-up uh, research center, part of UniGlobal, which is the union of uh, trade unions based out of Geneva, and they sub- set up a young workers' lab and uh, the main um, purpose of this initiative is to actually look at how digital tools impact the well-being of young work- workers, how do their in- input is being captured, and what sort of engagement we should have uh, uh, with young workers in developing uh, those systems.:
0: And Oli, how is that reflected in some of the work that the CDEI is carrying out?
2: So
3: you- I think that it is a foundation for everything we're doing, that we're considering how these systems are impacting people. I mean, one piece of work that I would highlight is work that we're doing on online targeting. And in particular, we're interested in looking more closely the impact, the, the way that your online experience is personalized, the way that you're nudged towards particular pieces of content, the way the algorithms help to keep you engaged um, can affect particularly more vulnerable people. And um, that includes the very young, who may not yet have developed the kind of critical faculties to be clear about 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 what's happening, um, but also there's, um, there, there's there's vulnerability, of course, in, in, in the adult population as uh, as well in various forms. You know, we kind of hear. Horror stories of, uh, of 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 gambling addicts being targeted with uh, adverts for, for for gambling companies, etc. So part of what we want to do is look across the regulation of, uh, of, of 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 these different environments and see, you know, do we feel like the like, like the rules are, are, are strong enough are the, are the protections uh, adequate this is part of a of a much wider conversation about the potential for online harms and how to address them which the uh, which the government is taking forward
1: and where do you see this heading do you see this obviously it's a, these are very complex themes but do you see perhaps this moving towards the emergence of a set of common principles or rules of thumb that we should apply societally for businesses? How, where do you think it's the next step for the CDI's uh, research?
3: Yes. So I think that what we want to be highlighting is how you can do this well and to give guidance, uh, to give guidance on that. I think that we it's easy to forget given how prevalent the uh, the online environment algorithmic driven systems are these these days that these are really new inventions and we are only just starting to understand the impacts and we've got a long way to go to understand the impacts more more fully so um I think that the industry is waking up to it. I think that there is um, the fact that we're seeing these issues discussed more prominently in, in the media and, and, and by politicians means that I'm very optimistic that we can, we can learn how to develop these things in ways that are helpful and healthy for people to, uh, to engage with.
2: It's also worth mentioning uh, the initiatives by World Economic Forum Generation AI that has brought together different forums, legislators from UK, US, Europe, uh, also importantly UNICEF to understand um, what are the key consideration, key aspects in terms of uh, young uh, adults and children that need to be incorporated in policy making making relating to children. And we're just hoping that initiatives like this will strengthen, will bring more diverse voices. And um, when we create, we ended up creating policies and standards, those recommendations will be uh, utilized.
1: What I think we'd love to to know is if you can share with our listeners um, where they should go Uh, if they want further information either on what PwC is doing in this area or what the CDEI is also doing.
3: So uh, if you would like to find out more about the CDEI, then you can go to gov.uk forward slash CDEI and you'll be able to find details of our strategy and work programme and also ways to express your own views back to us. So we've got some... calls for evidence out about some of those uh, topics that I said we were working on, on, on bias and targeting in particular, and we're really keen to get views from, uh, from people on those issues.
2: Um, interested in the work we're doing in ethics and AI in PwC, we're about to launch Responsible AI Toolkit very soon. Uh, so follow us on social media for more updates. And for more on uh, AI for young people, um, adults and children. Um, I'm on Twitter, quite active, so follow me.
0: Maria and Oli, thank you very much for joining us today. You can join us next time, which will be F for FinTech. And in the meantime, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Tag Tech.
1: And I'm at hugo One. So until next time, feel free to subscribe to the podcast and tell all of your friends.